Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Pineapple Theory Podcast. I always say another episode of the Pineapple Theory Podcast, and I don't know why I do that, but I do. Anyway, I'm joined today by a very special guest. It's Mahmood. Welcome, Mahmood. Oh. I'm too slow on my dad damn button. There we go. <laughs> the crowd really like you. They really get going. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm glad we have an audience here. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been on, but... You have been on before, and we've discussed many things before, so I'm glad to have you back to discuss more things. I'm very excited. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. I love this podcast, so. Yeah, thank you. That's kind. That's the kindest thing anyone's ever said about this podcast. Most people normally go like, oh, the podcast, and they go, oh, yeah, I remember. I forgot you guys did that. And I'm like, oh, nice. No. Hey, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. If I'm not your number one fan, then I'll, be, I'll at least be your number two fan. Yeah, I think you could take number one spot. I don't know who else okay, would good. Definitely not oh. McKinley or Shanika. So <laughs> apparently, that's though, fair, that's fair. apparently Shanika's mad, but she wants to come on the show. So, well, then, next one. Well, there's all this talk about um, the new Hogwarts HBO show. Oh yeah. Um, so I feel like yeah. I might have to give her a ring actually, and we might need to talk to her about yeah. that. Yeah, there's there's been some in depth discussion between her and McKinley. That's that's for sure. Even me, I was I was chatting her there about it too yeah well we'll we'll just tease that we're not going to talk about that one today but we will maybe get on the show and then we can talk about that but anyway what we are going to talk about today with you is we're going to go through three movies that are coming out in may that i want your quick thoughts and opinions on if you're excited about it or not and then we've got a special little secret project that i don't even know much about yet (laughs) which you're gonna tell us as much as you can about without going too into the weeds i guess Yes, and yes. then we're gonna do a big catch up on Star Wars celebrations and talk all things Star Wars, um, and we'll try and keep it spoiler free because I've just watched yesterday and for the second time today I've just wrapped up the Mandalorian season three, um, mm. and I have to try and not talk. I don't know if you've seen the latest one, the finale episode not, yet. Not, okay. not yet. I'm not caught up there, but I am. Um, I'm just about to finish the last episode of the Bad Batch. Oh God, yeah, I see. I haven't finished Bad Batch yet. I've still got like, oh. like at least seven episodes left. I'm just going through oh, wow. it still. I'm basically the opposite of you then. Yeah, I, we've switched. I, think I, I think I have like six episodes. I've I've only seen the first three, mm-hmm. so I don't know how many there are afterwards. But yeah, the second the Mandalorian started up again, I started watching that, and then instantly wanted mm. to rewatch Rebels. So I started going through Rebels, and I literally yeah. just abandoned Bad Batch. It was very bad because I normally like I love Bad Batch, but I just literally dropped everything and started going Rebels and Mandalorian. And now yeah, that yeah. Mandalorian's done, I've gone back to Bad Batch and Rebels. So I'm going through both. Oh, Bad Batch! You got to get it. You got to get through it. Yeah. If I can, once I finish this, I'll, I'll do Mandal- Mandalorian. I really need to catch up on that one. Yeah, it's good. The finale is uh, good too. So it's it's a season worth watching. All right. Um, so let's get into this. So the first movie that I have coming up, uh, again, this is for releases coming out in May. I don't know if I said March earlier, but I meant May. Um, I believe may 5th is what i'm reading here is coming out as the date for the release of guardians of the galaxy volume 3 now are you a fan of the guardians of the galaxy sort of series of movies or not so much yeah a big fan i was i mean i was a big fan after i think like most people after the first one because no one had any idea what the first one was even about or what 
like no who are these characters even were mm-hmm. but i i loved it i really really did that is like again i don't normally watch trailers i try and avoid them but my rule of thumb is that like if i hear people talking about a movie and i don't really know much about it i will watch the trailer and that was one of them i watched the trailer for guardians of the galaxy and i was like this looks okay like I was I wasn't sure about it, so I was still kind of confused. I was like, "It's got like good music and bright colors, and I don't know what it is." And then I went yeah. to see the movie, and I came out and said, "Other than like Deadpool, that was like the best Marvel movie I've ever seen." It blew me yeah. away. I was so like, "Just what the heck was that?" It was so fun. I know, I know, and I'm excited because then the the second one even upped it even more, and it was just like, it was just cool. It was very different and. It just came out of nowhere, and I love when movies do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. It was like it's just a breath of fresh air, really. Like it's just so its own thing. Like it's incomparable, really, to anything else, especially for Marvel, which is pretty cookie cookie cutter as to how they sort of roll movies out. Now. Yeah, yeah, it was like because it's always there's the main stuff, and then this came out of nowhere, and mm-hmm. I think it it was one of the few that stuck really well with fans, obviously. Um, yeah. And then blew up a certain portion of like the comic books that I don't think a lot of people who who weren't fan of the comic books like had known about, which was also really cool. Yeah, yeah, I liked how they just sort of like I think it worked because it could just be a like Guardians of the Galaxy one could just be a standalone movie versus a lot of the Marvel ones like you need to see other ones for it to make as much sense. Um, yeah, which is uh, kind of annoying, really, because then it just gets to be a bit yeah. of a headache. Yeah, I can get really exhausting and i was talking to somebody else about this recently about how like i guess like the fatigue of like trying to keep track of all the mm-hmm. different not but i know now it's all universes and stuff but like just the different timelines of what happened in this story and this story and this story whereas like with the guardians world it was just like it was just yeah the story it, and that's all that matters yeah, just here's a movie kind of thing and they yeah. have obviously they have since like linked them all in and whatnot and that actually brings me on to my first point i had in my notes here is like I'm a little concerned it's going to be a tied-in movie. As in, tied into the the Marvel Universe, not necessarily the trilogy of films. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, the way that they've left off because of, like, the Endgame stuff and and all of that, it's sort of like, yeah, we're we're in a very different sort of group of characters now. Yeah, because I guess we haven't seen them since, since Endgame, have we? In any, I mean, I guess we saw them kind of in Thor. In Thor, they're um, there for the look. first like two minutes of the movie. They say they say they're leaving essentially to go. Yeah. To go away. But we haven't dealt with the aftermath of all of that, right? I don't think point. so. But I haven't seen uh, the Black Panther or uh, Ant Man, so I don't. I'm I, a... Oh, it's true. I haven't seen Ant Man, but I've seen Black Panther, and I mean, it's not connected. I don't know, but it's not connected like whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Well. Either way, I did watch the trailer for it because, again, I'm sort of like, I trust their trailers. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm excited because it looks just so Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, the best way to describe it is just bright colors to me. Like, it's just a yeah. series of bright colors and awesome music. And that is, like, visually, like, so pleasing to me. That's also yeah, why I, I love, like, obviously it's very different. But, like, that's why I love Into the Spider-Verse because visually it's just so, like, pow. Um mm-hmm comic book yeah, pal <laughs> i was gonna say like yeah it's like i think that was the big thing that changed a lot of um a lot of the marvel world because i don't i don't 
think at that point when the first one had come out, um, if anything looked like that within the Marvel world mm-hmm. at that point. And I like I love how much James Gunn and his team kind of pushes that. Yeah. And it'll be really cool. And like like you said, I've only so I've only seen the teaser trailer, not the the uh I know there's a full trailer now, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen that one. But even still, I was like, Oh my god, yes, like everything is exactly what I I hope it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then, yeah, you brought him up, but James Gunn, I guess we have to sort of mention that. So he is, Mm. this is going to be his last Marvel movie then, and now he's he's officially working on DC stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a crazy switch. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like if you were a Laker and then you went to the, uh, what do you call it? The... Um, I want to say Spurs, not Spurs. Celtics. Yeah, the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I'm when it was announced that he was going to be essentially the Kevin Feige of DC. I was pretty excited, but I'm also I was also pretty nervous because mm-hmm. at this point, okay. So this is kind of the conundrum. It's like we've had over now ten years of the Marvel stuff, right? Yeah. And we've already started to hear people talk about like the fatigue of the superhero film definitely fatigue of these universes and x y and z so it's like do the question then becomes like is james gunn doing this now with dc which is obviously making an interconnected world is that is it going to be as good or is it going to be not good because people are going to be just tired of them Mm -hmm. i guess is the question yeah um I think that I said this before, but yeah, I'm a hundred percent like fatigued of Marvel. Like I just don't watch anything Marvel anymore. Like I just literally mm-hmm. stopped. Um, other than like Guardians of the Galaxy and Spider Man, I can I can still go for and be like, okay, right, I'll commit to those. But anything else, even to be honest, even if they announced a new Iron Man movie, I probably wouldn't even go see that, which is shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but when it comes to DC. I really haven't enjoyed any of it. Like it's all been like bad and I've not enjoyed it apart from the latest Batman, like uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman and that movie. I was like blown away. I was like, this is awesome. But I think I liked it so much because it felt so again, like an individual movie, like it's just own thing. It didn't have all these connections and whatnot. And, and, you know, trying to do basically dc avengers sort of thing justice yeah i I hear that i like and the thing i was saying with um i actually remember a time before the mcu and i was like i remember myself vividly being like oh i wish movies connected to each other right Mm -hmm. and then now i'm like oh my god like this is there's so many there's it's just too much and i don't want to be exhausted i know there's a lot of like cool stuff out there and I, I like i really hope that like we were saying earlier that this new guardians movie is just part of the trilogy and like focuses on itself and doesn't try to add to the bigger picture yet yeah um because I, I think that's what might be missing again i'm not like again i'm not someone who has every insight into marvel <laughs> and dc but yeah. same idea like the batman for example i've watched that movie three times at this point and i'm mm-hmm. ready to watch it four five and six times because I just love the story, the world. I'm in it for that. I don't have yeah. to think about elements outside of it. Yeah, I can't believe we've not talked about that because, yeah, like I've, I haven't spoken to anyone who's actually even seen it. Like most people are still oh. like so off 
DC that they won't like McKinley won't sit down and watch it um and a couple other friends won't sit down and watch it because like it's DC but I like saw it in cinema I want to say yeah and first and I went to see it in cinema by myself and I was like that like the opening scene of that movie (laughs) when he's doing like the monologue and then it's showing like all the different crimes going on and then showing that they're just scared of the darkness I'm like that is so cool like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just awesome you know i agree oh my gosh i love them and it was just the way that it was just you know there would be like blackness or darkness sorry and mm-hmm. then you just you wouldn't see him and then you just start to slightly see him come through and yeah. just the way they designed everything about that movie i was like yes and like the the fact that they made it the detective story mm-hmm. which was cool yeah because we hadn't seen that yet in that on the, that big of a spate or screen mm-hmm. it's always been the the bruce wayne story and then you know how he becomes you know, super gothic and hates his life and then you know that that story and then him and joker but it's never yeah. just like okay what about batman the detective and that was i was so excited for yeah. that no i loved I, it i could watch that movie a hundred more times <laughs> i also think i've said this so many times but like that movie works so well for me because my favorite thing about DC is I love DC comics because they're so dark and gritty and like Mm -hmm. some of them are really dark and it's like yeah I really like think that that's the way they should go and this Batman movie was like dark and there was like things going on in it that were like you know not for kids and I'm all for that I want like if Marvel's gonna be the happy take your family and kids to go see it thing I want DC to be like 18 plus or you know, like yeah, just an adult 100%, 100%. thing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And fun and it, fact: a lot of kinda, that movie was it, shot in um, Glasgow. A lot of that movie was shot in Glasgow, yeah. Scotland. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Actually, well, you know what? That makes sense. That makes a ton of sense. Look mm-hmm. at all the architecture and the stuff that you see yeah. in the and and the, the the fields and everything. That makes a ton of sense. I didn't mm-hmm. know why I didn't think about that. I thought it was just in London for some reason. No, um, and well, it might have been some of it, but I know for sure they were filming quite a bit in Glasgow. And the scenes, so um, when he meets up with Catwoman on his motorbike and they're in like a graveyardy sort of thing, um, oh yeah, that's definitely Glasgow. Oh wow! Because there's an outtake actually of him like riding in on the bike, and it's raining, and it's Glasgow, so it's always raining, and he completely <laughs> skids and falls off the bike, and it's so funny to just see like that scene in the movie knowing that he's already skidded and like fallen <laughs> off the bike it's just quite it's, yeah, it's good that is that's funny yeah yeah and i think i was what i was gonna say is like what i think happened before this like the batman um like with the other dc movies was i think everyone kind of recognized but it was a lot of the, the they rushed a lot of it to mm-hmm. try to catch up yeah um and it was like interesting because it started i guess I guess it started with Man of Steel, right? That was the first kind of DC iteration mm. at first. And then it evolved into, you know, Batman vs. Superman, Justice League or whatever. Now, I haven't seen the um, the four-hour cut of Snyder cut? Justice League or the Snyder Cut or whatever. I have. People have said it's, it's incredible. It's, have you seen it? Yeah, I have. And? No. Fair. It's just Fair. like, it's... It's just a longer movie, but it's still it's still fundamentally flawed in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Like the story yeah. part of it is just not good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's hard because it's like if you don't have 
a strong story it doesn't matter what it looks like yeah it definitely i'll give it credit there like visually it looked so much better it was much more Mm -hmm. fun i think the four by three aspect ratio was like not necessary in my opinion for such a long movie um but so visually it did look good but yeah just the story was it's just the same it's the same thing just more of it and fundamentally i didn't enjoy the story so i don't know why i thought four hours of a bad story would somehow improve it (laughs) yeah Yeah. although it's interesting because i'm curious to see how the flash turns out because that movie was announced at the time when it was like batman vs superman and justice league was Mm -hmm. being made and then it's since been worked on to this transition point where you know james gunn is now taking over and you know there was all the backlash about the Zack snyder stuff and x y and so it's like i'm curious to see if it has changed since then but also if what it's look and everything is going to be like when it does come out yeah i think the look of it is what i'm mostly thinking about um yeah like how visually it's going to look because again i think james gunn guardians of the galaxy bright colors which is whilst i love it for that i don't want that to be dc like you just you can't yeah. imagine it being bright colors um, yeah and i think i think the flash is meant to be kind of the last movie before whatever james gunn takes over with and mm-hmm. does with his world so i've so be I, interesting i've seen the flash trailer because I heard a, a rumor that Michael Keaton's Batman was going to be in it. And yes. then I watched the trailer and his like little intro scene when he comes into it. They play like the music, his like theme song. And that was mm-hmm. like, he was my Batman. Like that was the first Batman I ever watched was I had, I still remember it because it was the DVD case had one of these magnetic sides that you undid and it sort of like folded out. Um, and so those Batman movies with Michael Keaton, I watched like a ton as a kid and loved them. So the trailer makes me, when it goes that, that noise, the, I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) so (laughs) I'm excited for it as much as I really know, like I'm 90% certain it's not going to be good. And it's just going to be sort of, he's just kind of thrown in there as like, Hey, nostalgia. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a sucker for nostalgia, so right now I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm a confused as to how his comes into effect. It's but, simple. The I Flash mean, I'll, I'll can see. run really fast, and therefore he can run so fast into other universes. Duh. Yeah, yeah, multiverses. Yeah, we're back, yeah. back with the whole multiverses. Many a big multiverses. lightning bolt does things to the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it makes that physics and scientifically the scientific method says yes yeah i mean that's like my my big issue with dc started with batman v superman because Mm -hmm. i was just like off the get-go before seeing the movie before seeing a trailer just hearing the words batman v superman i'm like there is no fight there there is just one winner like yeah there is only superman like he's he's too powerful of a being like there's no way that a, a rich man can beat Superman. Like he could just well, he yeah, could well, just flick you. He could flick you and yeah. you're dead. So it's just like it there is no I I just never got it. I never got why that was even attempted to be a movie. Yeah, isn't that a lot of I mean within the the comics isn't that a lot of Superman's um conflict too? Like he tries to make sure he doesn't overpower. Yeah. Him like he doesn't use his powers to over 
mm-hmm. uh, I guess, overdo what he does to save the planet, you know, decimate people or whatever, because he knows he could kill people in an instant yeah. or kill an entire planet in an instant. Yeah, it's like his, so, yeah, it's when... his control and his morals about it. And I, I do yeah. like the idea, I guess, I, I did like the idea that sort of, I don't know what the word would be, but like Batman sees Superman as a possible threat because there's like, there's no way anybody could take him down. So I'm going to have to take him down right. kind of thing. I was like, I did kind of like that idea, but it's just not po- like, it's just not possible. Like it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like I remember feeling like that movie ended up being a, a Marvel versus, or sorry, not Marvel. Sorry. It ended up being just a man of steel too, but yeah, stretched. Yeah, it was weird. I think. And it, that was the best I could describe it. Um, so I have high I have high hopes for what James Gunn is going to do, especially kind of seeing what the first movie he's working on is, which is the Superman Legacy movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw his post about or if you know anything about that comic, but it's exactly like you described. Like, it's a very poppy mm-hmm kind of look to it. I mean, comic book wise, I, I don't know how that's right. going to translate film wise, but so it seems like that James Gunn, maybe probably part of his signature is going to leak into it, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm kind of excited, but I am to turn, bring it back to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I am really, really excited and I hope that it is just within that world and it just deals yeah. with their own conflicts and, you know, Gamora and like all that stuff. Like I just want Yeah, that. that's that's it for me. I want it to sort of like wrap up the cuz I can't remember what they're called, but the gold glittery skinned beings um from the second oh, one. Oh yes. Yes, what's that with Adam or whatever? The Yeah. Um I know what you're talking about. Yeah, those are I'm assuming still like looking for them cuz they stole their batteries or whatever and it was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I want like that sort of thing into maybe a bigger bad and then the hunt for Gamora and sort of reuniting the team and then that's it. Like I don't want like maybe like, you know, a quick mention of, oh, remember Endgame? Haha. <laughs> but like I don't want like a like a full on like cameo after cameo after cameo and, you know. Yes, yeah. Honestly, I was going to say that's what I loved about the most recent Black Panther was that it wasn't anything related to well there were some portions that were related to what happened before mm-hmm. and i think i think the second black panther was forced to almost you know deal with the grief of everything because of the passing of chadwick yeah. but the movie was just so focused in its own own storyline and its own like environment that you didn't ever think about okay like thanos or you know or kang or anything mm-hmm. like that it was just that and i think yeah. and i i mean i loved the second one i know a lot of people were upset about it for that reason like that it had nothing it didn't tie in too much to the whole mm-hmm. the bigger picture but like i think you and i agree with like, sometimes you just need to step away from the bigger picture and just have a good movie that's so well yeah i mean i think that's something. where that's where the fatigue comes into it right is that like we've had mm-hmm. they did such a good run like all of the avengers stuff leading up to endgame like like flawless i'll give it that like i genuinely think it was great but the second that ended you need to go away to like your own individual storylines again and sort of like figure your own stuff out and then in years down you know the line again then you can start reconnecting some things and then we won't be fatigued by the fact that because i think also 
like you just said, like, yeah, people have gone to see Black Panther 2 and the fact that there's not as many cameos or if if any, I've not seen it, but if there's like no cameos in it, people are then saying like, no, there was no cameos in it. But then also mm-hmm. you make a whole movie full of cameos and it's called Black Panther 2, but realistically it's Avengers 8. Then it's like, oh, well, why did they do that? Like, there's no happy medium between any of it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what I'm hoping, like like we said, we were hoping that that third guardians is and mm-hmm. i like like i wholeheartedly agree like some of the shows that came out like like moon knight and wandavision and Loki. well not loki was a little bit of a different thing but like mm-hmm. those two for example like i really enjoyed because it was just focused on that like yeah. moon knight especially it was just about yeah moon, moon knight, knight was really good I, that's one though that like i forget instantly like i know i i mm-hmm. watched the show and mm-hmm. loved every episode and i binged it i watched all of it and then the second i was done with it a week later i forgot about it and i wouldn't have been able to tell you anything like about it other than like i know i really enjoyed it and it was egyptian yeah <laughs> but like it's <laughs> yeah. just like it's one of those shows that it just it just disappears into it. and i wonder if that's part of the fatigue too is that i just like I it want... just woof it's just in yeah also i was gonna say it's probably because likely that you know there's because i feel like at the same time that moon knight was coming out wasn't Ant this ant-man announced or something like that or that it was like the trailer started Maybe. i think it was there was at a period where a bunch of marvel stuff was coming back and forth back and forth back and forth even oh miss marvel was coming and this was coming right so everything started to mm-hmm. meld into one and i think that definitely i feel like i don't know why i could be wrong here but i feel like it was around the third spider-man as well because i feel like that sort of suddenly got all the headlines like when that came out because of the right yeah yeah i think think it was something like that that. because it was a huge other thing that came out and they just swamped it and it was gone Um, yeah yeah maybe i think you're right actually yeah but um yeah i mean i'm excited for guardians galaxy uh volume three and that comes out once again the date that i've got here is the fifth fifth of may so i'll be That's seeing soon. it and i think cinema will be a good place to see that one too so yeah i always advocate for that just go watch it in the cinema <laughs> yeah i like that um okay next one i want to talk about a little bit of a different thing but it's um coming out on friday may 12th and it is called still a michael j fox movie movie so for those of you who don't know michael j fox is the main character in back to the future um, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff, but that's what he's most notable for. And he has, I believe, it's called Parkinson's disease. So I'm just going to read out this mm-hmm. brief synopsis of what this movie sort of is. Um, kind of documentary movie, I guess. So it says, The film, um, which uh, will incorporate documentary, archival, and scripted elements, recounts Michael J. Fox's extraordinary story in his own words. The improbable tale of an undersized kid from a Canadian army base who rose to heights of stardom in the 1980s. The account of Fox's public life, full of nostalgic thrills and cinematic gloss, will unspool alongside his never-before-seen private journey, including the years that followed his diagnosis at age 29 with Parkinson's disease. Intimate and honest and produced with unprecedented access to Fox and his family, the film chronicles Fox's personal and professional triumphs and trivials, and explores what happens when an incurable optimist um, confronts an incurable disease. So, it's it's just basically a documentary, but 
I'm like very excited for it because it's interesting. Like somewhat, like literally someone who's handed like the golden ticket in life, like is a Hollywood superstar finds out at the age of 29 that he's got Parkinson's disease, which is, as I just said there, it's like incurable. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also like how he dealt with all of that, but also just more behind the scenes stuff to like his career. And if there's any more behind the scenes information about Back to the Future alone, I'm all for it. Right. Yeah. I had, I had only heard about this very briefly. Actually, I thought this was, I thought this was a uh, a fiction film. I didn't think this was a a documentary like on his life. Yeah. I don't think it's coming out in cinema, by the way, I should mention that. I think this is just Apple TV is what I can see here, but yeah. This is quite it's actually pretty interesting because yeah, like you said, I'd be curious to see and hear his story about how he just handled, you know, like at twenty nine is really young to be de- yeah, diagnosed very with young. something like that, right? And so, and you know, he's still alive today, still talking about it, and, but just how he dealt with that because mm-hmm. it's like in Hollywood, like as soon as you quote unquote become undesirable for whatever reason, whether it's um, whether it's race, whether it's your your disability, whatever it is, like that takes a toll on people very quickly, right? Well, that's what I was wondering too, is that I don't even know if it really stopped his career because I mean, I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm just pulling up what he's been in. I mean, there's so much, but like most notable being Back to the Future, Teen Wolf, mm-hmm. um... He's done a lot of voiceover stuff, which probably makes more sense um, if you have Parkinson's. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of like things in here, but I'm not seeing really anything from sort of like 2005, like onwards, really. Yeah, I mean, he was in he was in The Good Wife for 26 episodes. He was in he was in the Lil Nas X music video. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, there you go. But yeah, it's not like there's anything super noticeable after sort of the 90s sort of end. 80s and 90s, I guess, would be his sort of like main stuff. And then it sort of just dies off. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just feel like as far as the documentary goes, the fact that like he's so involved in it, because it always annoys me when there's a documentary on somebody and they're not really part of it. So terrible comparison example, but there's a Tiger Woods documentary um, Mm -hmm. and it's a two-part documentary and it's really in-depth all about his life, but they give you such um, big sort of opinion-changing sort of moments that they tell you about, but they never check in with him. So for example, they talk about like his father like cheating on his like mom and stuff like this. And they never really right. check into him. They just basically say, like, because his dad cheated, that's why Tiger Woods gambles. And it's like, what? Like, I don't know if you can <laughs> really put all that together and say that for sure. So yeah. this one, for example, though, the fact that he's fully, like, involved in the process makes me feel like it's actually his story that's being told as opposed to what people want you to... Excuse me. What people want you to think of it. Yeah, and that's actually a good point because... It's interesting when, if someone is involved, you always hope that they're, they're telling their their truest form of their story. Yeah. Um, but the, I guess the, the flip side to it, though, is it becomes, 
I always say that documentaries, although they're about truth most of the time, there's also a a fictitious side to it to a certain extent. Yeah, right? because you get to there's a curation what it looks of like. it. Yeah, whether it's good or bad or whatever. So it's interesting because I'm like, okay, Michael J. Fox is telling the story, but it's in his, it's his story, and I'm really curious to see it. But then the the thing is like, what aren't we telling? But this. Mm-hmm story is apparently going to be saying like you know he's going to be talking about everything as as raw and as deeply as possible so that gives me hope that he's gonna talk about things that no one knows about right and like yeah the struggles and whichever to kind of you know ground him and and ground us and being like okay he's a human being just as much as we are right yeah i think it definitely depends on the subject of the thing so yeah as far as i'm aware there's no scandal underlying him or anything like that i mean it's no, not it would be no. different if this was like the ellen documentary and then it's like all right. like my struggle to become the best and then it's like also all these people being like yeah but you're you're not a great person you know right right um, right so yeah definitely yeah. you can get uh uh well, I mean, ev- everything has a bias to it, but for sure, like a documentary mm-hmm. can have a huge bias on it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just don't like documentaries that are just fully like attack dogs to just bring mm-hmm. someone down sort of thing. Um, unless that is like absolutely set out what that thing is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, that's just, just wanted to quickly sort of bring that in and mention it because I know there's a few Back to the Future fans that are listening and might not have heard about that. Yeah. So Quite excited. Yeah, give that a watch. All right, the last one we've got to mention here, um, and I'm just interested in sort of the topic of Disney live action stuff in general, but The mm-hmm. Little Mermaid. So this is coming out at the end of May, so May 26th, the live action Little Mermaid is coming out. The trailer dropped during the Super Bowl. Um, and that's the only time I've seen it. And the most notable thing is that they're going with a different, um, sort of portrayal of Ariel, um, with different actor, with a different ethnicity, which is great. Um, but just in general, the live action sort of Disney plan has not worked. So I'm shocked as to why they keep going with it. And I've even heard now that The Rock is also going to be in a live action of uh, Moana with the actual... Um, I'm blanking on her name. I'm going to Google it quickly because it's going to annoy me. Um, but yeah, Moana... Um, it's always when you Google something, it's never as fast as you want it to be. <laughs> but yeah... Uh, just while I'm Googling her name, what's your sort of like thoughts on the Disney live action front? Are you, have you been a fan? Have you not been a fan? Um, have you I seen any like, of it? <laughs> I don't know. I've struggled with it quite a bit, actually. Okay, I've got, um, her, I've got her name. and I'm going to butcher it, but Ali Carvalho, I think. Carvalho. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Anyway. She is apparently um, going to be the star in the live action Moana as she did the voiceover of the main character. Oh, incredible. Hmm. I I don't know. The thing is like the I think what this comes from is understanding animation not as a as an uh what's the thing that they always say? It's they say animation is a medium, not a genre. Yeah, I think is the quotation. Mm-hmm. And I think 
in a way, these live action versions undermine the value and the quality of the animated versions to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so challenging, even with all the VFX that capabilities that we have now, it's challenging to capture the exact same magic that an animated film can do, right, yeah. in a live action world. And because when we see like humans acting in that same way, in like real humans, we like we subconsciously or consciously know the limitations of a human body, right? Yeah. We know that like um let's say like like Lion King, for example. We know that lions don't talk mm-hmm. and move that way like they did in the animated version. But when you when I saw it in the live action version, I was like, This is too this looks too real. Yeah, it's like and it's, I, it's it doesn't sell creepy. me on anything. Yeah. And so I'm conflicted because i understand why they're doing it i mean financially yeah, I, it's money I it's get it. money it's money here's the th- i said this to mckinley as well it's money even on a failure because you yeah. say you know disney's is remaking the little mermaid and everyone's like oh i love the little mermaid i'll take my nieces nephew kids even just myself like we'll go and see the little mermaid live action and then even if you go there and hate that movie, you'll then go home and stream like the original because you're like, yeah. oh, I love the original. Let's watch the original. Yeah. And yeah. they'll make money no matter what. Yeah. It doesn't it's, matter. Yeah. And that's what it feels like, unfortunately. And I think the the people who work on these films get the brunt of that, that hatred. Mm-hmm. And it sucks because like no one ever sets out to make a bad movie, right? I don't, I would never argue that whoever like every director cinematographer gaffer whatever whoever on the crew actor whatever they don't go and say we're gonna make a bad movie on purpose like almost 100 percent of the time they're trying to make something good but when it's at the hands of like of course like the business side of the film industry then it's that's where it starts to get a little difficult and i think it's it's tough because i want i think that like the animated ones need to just exist on their own and i don't think a live action needs to exist but other than financially like other than money like i don't know why they keep making them even if they fail that's not Mm -hmm. to say that i don't think good work has been put into them Mm -hmm. i think that when you see a live action version i'm gonna say that the your our brains can't click with it i think you can't believe it i think you're exactly right i think that it's not a it's not a they've made a bad movie it's just we can't like we 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 can't uh relate to it we can't like we can't relax on it um yeah and i've noticed this more and more with star wars actually is that whilst i've never really said this out loud or admitted it i definitely prefer watching the animated stuff as opposed to the live action stuff just because mm-hmm. like i don't ever think about sort of like little little cuts or little little real life human things that are just like that just happen sometimes like there's mm-hmm. you know i don't know sometimes you think you see oh did they just trip do they did they kind of trip and then it cut away or sometimes like you know someone will swing like this and then in in live action swings like that and then it cuts to a different shot and then they're standing suddenly holding it this way and you're like oh that's yep. like a bad cut they're not in the same like some little things like that just don't happen in animation and you don't think yeah. of any of that real life things and then yeah the movement and the 
So, uh, I mean, in Star Wars, Ahsoka is like a perfect example. Like Ahsoka mm-hmm. in animation is incredible because she's supposed to be this jumping, flipping, like very agile sort of person. Um, and yet you just can't do that in live action without it looking like they're on a wire or, or something. It just We're just not there yeah. yet. Um, yeah. But bringing it back to the Disney thing, the thing that I find hardest is, I mean, same, Aladdin is one of my favorite Disney films of all time. And I did watch the live action thing. And it's not that Will Smith was a bad actor in it. It's just that like, you just can't do what the animation did. Like you can't keep CGIing all these things. Like Robin Williams is, was, and is like, always will be my favorite actor but Mm -hmm. he just did the voice it was really really talented artists who drew out all the little weird things like you know cards coming out and elephants appearing and all this sort of stuff but then when you take that into live action it just looks like weird and odd yeah yeah and it's always it's interesting because i want to love these right now if if we had if we, if let's say the Little Mermaid, or Lion King, or the Aladdin, or the Aladdin movie had come out, and there was no animated version that existed, that would be all we knew, and that would be what we believed in, right? And that would yeah. be totally cool. But I think, like, like I, I think this kind of also comes back to just the, the lack of respect that the animation medium gets in mm-hmm. general, and I, I think this, whether they're consciously doing this or not, there's still that subtle meaning of like well you know live actions what everybody really wants you know yeah. animations just for kids and but i i want i wish they had just promoted their animation stuff more mm-hmm. right and like lived on that again i'm ex- still i'm excited i think to still watch the, the new little mermaid i think i just live with this bias unfortunately that just lives in me that i prefer the animated one and I I want to try to go in with it with an open mind 100%. Um and I'm not I don't think I'm going to tear it down or anything but I it's just going to sit in my head and that's yeah. the unfortunate part to this. Yeah, I think I would also question like I mean it's maybe not so much with a little mermaid because you can still have like an actual actor in there but like mm-hmm. I don't understand how the Lion King is actually like a live action remake because it's all like it's cgi like it's like it's like you're going from like animation watching drawn things to watching 3d animation modeled things like it's not actually live action yeah and this i thought the same with the jungle book like you have mowgli but other than that like there's no there's probably like people doing mocap and stuff like that but like it's not like i'm looking at a cgi lion and i know i am like it looks it looks as real as it can be but it's it's still not. So at least the Little Mermaid has, I mean, obviously like her tail is going to be whatever, but it will at least have enough human characters where it pass is passable. Same with Aladdin, um, same with Moana if they did that. But like, yeah, Lion King and Jungle Book for sure are just like I don't see, I don't even see it as live action. Yeah, and that was the, the Lion King one. I think the point that I live on was that the, because the animals were just real animals, quote unquote, um, you lost the playfulness of them 
right? Because when yeah. you like when you look at a dog, for example, or when you pet a dog or you're playing with a dog, I mean, animals don't t- typically give emotion like humans do no. ever, right? Like, or like physically on their face, right? Mm-hmm. Um, slight little movements, you, you can be like, okay, I know that it's happy, its tail is wagging. But with like the Lion King animated one, it's like they put human characteristics on it, right? Mm-hmm. On like the lion. And so you see it's being goofy, it's laughing, it's being silly, it's doing this. And you're like, there's a connection to the playfulness aspect, but you're also like, oh, it's otherworldly, but it's so much fun and yeah. it works in that capacity. Whereas like the Lion King, I think the challenging part was like seeing a lion that looks so real talk. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's like something in my brain just doesn't fuse. Yeah, right? no, absolutely. And I want, I appreciate the work that they put into it, right? Like the creating that is absolutely beautiful, right? Like the VFX and all mm-hmm. of it. But I don't know. I think yeah. I think those are the points that probably took us all out. Regardless, I still am going to watch the live action Moana. I'm very excited for Holly Bailey. She looks like she'll be really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, so, yeah. The live action Little Mermaid for sure. I'm gonna give it a watch, and then live action Moana when that one comes out, I'll I'll still give it a watch. Like they, it's just Disney. They just have me like wrapped around their little finger, but I I'm not <laughs> necessarily excited about it. Okay, right. Well, that wraps yeah. up what we we're going to talk about in terms of the May thing. We have a little quick your secret project. Um, so I guess to give people a uh, a little bit of background, um, today I went to my mailbox in my apartment, and inside was a package, and it was addressed from Mahmood. I opened it up, and inside there was an A5 card with instructions and a QR code to one of the best videos I've ever seen in my life. Both <laughs> McKinley and I thought it was incredible. Um, and a digital, oh, sorry, not a digital, a disposable camera. Um, and I believe it was called 35 in 365, was sort of 35. The opposite. 365, 365 in 35. Okay, so do you want to explain? You, you take it from there. That's the situation that I've got. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, basically, I've I spent the better part of the last four months putting this project together. It was initially supposed to be sent out at the end of January mm-hmm. or mid-January, hence the 365, but mm-hmm. getting all the materials together, life, yeah. whatever, it, it delayed things a bit. But I still like the name, so I stuck with the name. Yeah. So I've sent a bunch of disposable cameras or film rolls off to a bunch of... Um, people of which the number will not be disclosed um and i've given them until november 1st to take photos Mm -hmm. with them as to why i did it that'll be a reason that we find out later but the biggest thing was everyone gets the camera they have a certain amount of time and the only catch that i've given people is that i want them to really think about the photo before you take the photo yeah so that was a big deal was not just a bunch of selfies or hey look here we are again at uh you know restaurant standards or a selfie thing you want people to really think about the photos that they're taking for some unknown reason as to yet but intriguing yes there is there is more to the project 100 percent. it's not this isn't the end of it of of course as i probably made it clear Mm -hmm. um but i it has been really cool seeing this happen and like seeing people's reactions to the video to the getting the box and everything okay so i'm gonna start prying a bit and 
Go feel ahead. no pressure like if it's a if it's a can't answer it then don't answer it but question number one then i've got is like is this like a passion project this is just something you've come up with or is this something that you've maybe are doing with some company or something through like professional work or is this purely like a side passion thing this is purely a project that i'm doing on my own okay of, like it's all coming out of my own pocket like that's it there's it has it's not while it is a creative project and obviously in line with like mm -hmm. what I do for a living, um, it is purely a project that I'm just doing for myself. Okay. Well, not for myself, for everyone yeah. a, a part of it. Where, when, when did you have this idea originally? Like how long has this been in the books? Or is this like a new thing and you're just going for it? Early January Early was January. when I had the idea. It kind of like, it, I had the idea and then it took me a week to decide whether or not I was going to commit to it or not. And mm -hmm. then, like are people really gonna do it and then i was pushed and then i said no I was, i'm just gonna do it and then okay. a week later i bought the cameras nice does anybody outside of your own brain between your two ears know about what the end game for this is is there anyone else on the inside yes three people my parents and Shanika. oh okay fair enough that's close that's pretty that's close-knit that's good Okay. Yeah. Um. Am I allowed to know how many things got sent out, or that the number is a uh, do not tell? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> the no, number no. is the reason why is because I just want you to focus on. Yeah, that's fair. That's camera. fair. Oh, fair. Okay. So, last thing I'll say then, just because obviously we're getting into like the 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 uh, do not ask me section, but um, <laughs> okay. is there any way that listeners of the podcast can sort of see end results eventually or is it just going to be sort of a friends and family thing and then maybe we'll have you back on to update near the end or will there ever be like a social pop or is this i don't know answer carefully if you can or not i don't have an answer to this question <laughs> okay fair enough not yet there will be an answer but not an answer that I can give right now. Okay. At the very least, then we'll say that whenever there can be answers and results happening after November, so it's a long way, there will be eventual things that I can report back at least to this. Yes. Or maybe even week to week, I can report on sort of some of the photos that I've been taking and I'll keep the listeners yeah. in the loop. Actually, coincidentally enough, um, this week, is between now and November 1st, is actually 27 weeks exactly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so it's um, a photo which wasn't on purpose but it let's just say it was yeah uh and so the only thing is that everyone once they're done taking their photos whether it's on a film roll or on the camera they are sending those back to me and yeah I we don't what, develop them ourselves next. like we just send them to you and then you do whatever you're going to do with them yeah exactly it would you be brilliant if anything the, else it would be brilliant if you just like we do this thing i really take my time achilles and i are trying to get really into this project which i'm very by the way i haven't said this yet but i'm very excited for this like this is right up my street it's right up my alley the fact that it's for you as well makes me feel so happy because we don't get to talk <laughs> all the time so doing something like this and knowing that it's sort of connected in some way is like absolutely awesome and it's it's fantastic and i love the idea and it makes me very excited but I, I would just had this horrible thought of like, we take the time, we do it, we send it back to you. And then you just send us a video of you just like smashing the camera and being like, ha, <laughs> you wasted your time. <laughs> like, we don't, yeah, no one will forward. ever see the photos and that's life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And the project. No, right. no, no. It's, I, I, can, I can say for sure that will not happen. <laughs> okay. 
I mean, the the I think the the note said that the very first photo we have to take is of ourselves, so that you know whose role is who. And yes. the temptation to just be completely nude, pulling some strange pose, <laughs> and then snap a photo and be like, "Can you guess who there it is?" is. <laughs> like it would it would be nude, but it would be tasteful, you know. Like there'd be there'd yeah, be yeah. a candle in certain positions to to help with. Um, coverage let's say yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and good good lighting good lighting well. obviously I think <laughs> the cool thing that i'm looking forward to is so the, the cool thing that i'm looking forward to is seeing how people interpret the same thing if they use the prompts yeah. that i've given them mm-hmm. again those are just there to help kind of fuel the, the creative energy in the brain but that'll be interesting because yeah. i love seeing people different people's perspectives i had things. this i had a situation so similar no well not similar but it made me think of it at work the other day where like a warm-up exercise was we all got given a piece of paper and we all got told right okay draw a tree and then we drew trees and they pinned them up on the wall and some people had drawn like christmas trees some people had drawn like regular trees some people had drawn like cartoon trees some people had drawn like a forest full of trees like and it's like it's just that it's it's wow. that that's interesting is that like you can give someone as simple of an instruction as like draw a tree and yet the yeah. results that you're going to get whilst linked are all very different very different yeah that's yeah it's really cool so mm-hmm. this part is was challenging and i'm glad i only have a few more left to deliver but once they're all gone i then it's then my brain i just think about the rest of the project and i'm mm-hmm. quite excited really really excited no, <laughs> so i'm glad great. you are too i appreciate what you said earlier so thank you no genuinely genuinely very excited definitely like made my afternoon i mean i'm on like i'm all for with the, with the new job and everything i'm more than ever into sort of like personal passion projects on the side of things because like i really enjoy my work but it is like it's a you know it's an eight till four i do it and then when i'm done i'm free and i generally feel like my mind's like disconnected from it so i'm right. di- i'm like I have all this extra like energy to like dive into things. Um, yeah. So if this is going to be my diving into it, I'm going to really like think hard on the photos I want to take and, and see where I want to yeah. go with it. I will, I will add that the funny thing so far that has happened is um, people have, I don't know if this is my fault or not, but people have missed the QR code and the video because the video makes everything yeah. clear mm-hmm. and so I've every time someone has messaged me that oh they like the ones that I've mailed out and they've said oh like I got this and I've always had to be like did you watch the video because yeah. I'm not there with them. like did you? and someone's like oh no what video and I'm like the QR code you got to yeah <laughs> you no, gotta do I, it. no watch the video it's a very good video yeah I like but, it a lot. yeah that's all I got so far I hope mm-hmm. that helps yeah that's good that's that's okay. a, that's enough and I'll do my very best to keep people in the loop on the project as it comes along. Okay, right. Moving on to the last thing that we're going to talk about and somehow the biggest thing that we saved till last. We want to talk about Star Wars celebrations. There's lots of news that dropped. Um, I've got a quick summary to go through um, and just get your thoughts and sort of opinions on it. Um, I will say, based on our conversation earlier, I'm getting more and more and more and more concerned that there's going to be a possible fatigue building in Star Wars because mm. they really are rolling it out thick and fast. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be more delayed than Marvel 
because one, I have way more of a pack. I mean, Star Wars is my favorite thing. So like I have way more tolerance for it. But two, it seems like they're still doing a sort of like a good mix of movie, TV and animated stuff. And I appreciate that mix because I do not need to or want to see a live action Bad Batch TV thing. Yeah. I'm struggling enough as it is at the thought of watching the Ahsoka show in live action because like I, I, I worship Ahsoka. Like I genuinely think she's one of the best characters in the whole Star Wars universe and seeing her in live action. I'm like, I'm okay with it, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. Um, but yeah, the, the, the variety of sort of like platforms and stuff and the way it's coming out, I'm still, as I said earlier, like I'm probably still more team animated than anything else. I just think that every single animation that star Wars creates is good. Um, (laughs) especially star Wars visions, um, and Star Wars, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the the ta- Tales of the Jedi. Tales of the Jedi, yeah. Tales of the Jedi blew my mind, like with how yeah. good and emotional I was invested in. Like I think like thirteen minute episodes, like they was they were tiny, but mm-hmm. so good. The Dooku storyline, like oh, it killed me. Um, anyway, but we're gonna come on to that because actually there was news on that. So. First bit of news is three new movies were announced. Movie number one is um, supposed to be directed by uh, Indiana Jones 5 director James Mangold. And it will be set thousands of years in the past and will focus on the first ever Jedi. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, so that's the first movie. Um, I don't. By the way, when I say the first movie, I have no evidence to suggest that that is like in terms of release dates. I just that's the first one I think yeah. that was maybe announced. Um, but very excited again because like that is a refresh. It's not a fatigue thing. Like I don't need to keep seeing. It, and it would annoy me to keep seeing like Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader sort of stuff because I know like that story from start to finish now and there's not too much else that you can really fill in so the idea of going thousands and thousands of years ago to the first jedi all about that why not let's see some some history sort of stuff definitely definitely yeah so that's movie number one movie number two is gonna be dave filoni's and this is the most interesting one so dave filoni will be directing a movie that brings together all the disney plus shows so far now, oh. wh- when they say that, I think they mean um, Mandalorian and Ahsoka. I'm worried. Oh, and probably Rebels as well. I'm worried they mean like also like Bad Batch and sort of stuff. And Book of Boba Fett and everything. Oh, yeah. and Book- Sorry. Book of Boba Fett, um, Mandalorian and Ahsoka for sure. Sorry, mm-hmm. let me. I've just, I've just made a big boo boo. I meant to say <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and the Mandalorian for sure. The live action Disney shows. I'm worried they're going to bring in a lot of Rebels and Bard Batch and sort of animated stuff. That oh, I see. Shouldn't necessarily be live action. Yeah, it's interesting because this will be this will be Dave Filoni's like feature debut, and yeah. I think this has been something he's wanted for so long. So. It'll be cool. But, like, I have the same worry that you do, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
I think actually and this will be the fatigue one. This will be the fatigue one. Of, or it can be the fatigue one. It could one. be for sure. Of all of them, the if they were to bring in the bad batch stuff, that's not as bad because those would make the most sense in live action because the the mm-hmm. movement's very human. It's very much the same as sort of like Mandalorian sort of clone stuff. We've seen that before. It's not too weird. But yeah, like Ahsoka yeah. and yeah, all, all that. The people that move in a way and do things that you just can't quite show in, in any other better setting than animation, I would, I'm would i concerned about. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's obviously so early to say, but I worry about that one. Well, we'll see. What, yeah. What's next? What's next on the list? I think it's just final little thing I want to add in yes, there. Yes. I think it's also the fact that like I really appreciate the the Mandalorian and even the Book of Boba Fett as much as I didn't enjoy the Book of Boba Fett that much like there was like heart and attention to detail for like things so like if there's a scene where like I don't know a droid is just walking down the street they let it play out and they let it go mm-hmm. versus like in a mm-hmm. movie I feel like you're you're restricted to that like two hour runtime or whatever so you get rid of sort of the heart of it and like the little the little moments little details, um, yeah and that's sort of what makes the star warsy tv stuff work is it it lets you sit in the universe longer than the movies do yeah and i just hope it's a good story you know like just like let the stakes be high let it let me let it put us on the edge and just give us something to care about like that, really really care about that, that i'm point. not worried about because of all the people on this earth dave filoni knows star wars inside out so I feel like yeah. if 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 he's allowed to pitch the story as well as direct it, which I think he is, then like I wouldn't yeah. be too worried about it. It should mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. it has to be better than like the rise of Skywalker and sort of the clear sort of like I don't know. Yeah. They forgot what to do with the rest of the story part of it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or just the disorganization of it, the fact that they're like, Oh, we have this plan for JJ Abrams. Oh no, he's out. Yeah. Now we'll get someone else in. And then we're like, Oh, we have this plan for him. Like, oh, he's out, we'll bring JJ back. <laughs> like just like that yeah. yeah, clunkiness. I mean the only thing I'll say to that is I just say I just think that if you're gonna have a trilogy, like have a have a plan. Of course it can yeah. it can change as you go along, but just have a plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was there's it's the fact that like the movies like do undo and redo what the the last two movies have done and it's like wow yeah, why yeah. have we been there anyway um and the third movie um is came way out of left field and I did not expect this but they've confirmed that Daisy Ridley will be returning as Rey in a new movie set after the rise of Skywalker about her rebuilding the Jedi order yeah that yeah. one you know- makes me very like weird because mm-hmm. how how can you have a movie essentially about a happy thing with like there has to be conflict obviously otherwise you're gonna have a very boring movie so mm-hmm. it's like the rise of skywalker's whole deal was that like we've finally defeated evil forever kind of thing right and then mm-hmm. now you're going to throw another movie after that movie. And it's like, oh, you're going to completely do what you did to Return of the Jedi and take away the happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very conflicted because I want I want justice for Daisy Ridley. Yeah. After all that she went through. Mm-hmm. 
well actually i would say argue the entire cast like yeah, getting just cast. like everybody, ripped to shreds everybody got for torn. no no reason that was justified whatsoever but and i would love to see her like in her own solo movie that would be yeah. really cool but like you said i worry about where the story goes do i think they can do it 100 mm-hmm. percent? and i i don't want to I'm not going to tear it down, obviously, until I see it, because I have no idea what this means and, like, what what story they're going to tell, quote-unquote. But I do have that same concern, and I just hope that it's well thought out, like yeah. an earlier point. So I did an episode of this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you listened to it or not. Um, it's It was a bit of a weird one, but I went on... A whole episode just talking about canon and what it means to be canon and whether canon is uh should canon be essentially like allowed to the to the viewer to decide what is and what isn't canon or does it have to be right. from the creator to decide who what is and what isn't canon and because right. in my mind return of the jedi is my favorite of the original star wars movies um, the Phantom Menace is my favorite Star Wars movie, but like The Return of the Jedi is like I watch that at least once a month. Like it's just my mm-hmm. like complete comfort love, and yeah. because of it, I like in my head I know that the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and uh, Rise of Skywalker are in the Star Wars universe, and technically it they should come after it. And same with the Mandalorian and whatnot. But in my mind, I have literally made like a huge wall that says that Return of the Jedi is the final chapter. That's it. Like the end of yeah. Return of the Jedi is exactly the Star Wars that I know and love. And then everything past that, Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, the the new Disney movies, is like Star Wars 2.0 in a different universe. Essentially is what oh, I've done in see. my head. Because I just I just need return of the jedi to be the end the fact that like anakin's whole storyline from the phantom menace all the way through to return of the jedi is so perfect it's so great like such a redemption thing the fact that they can turn around and be like ha palpatine he's still alive and anakin wasn't really the chosen one because you know he's still evil still exists and the same with this going forward like i could almost do this daisy ridley movie maybe it'll join in maybe it won't i haven't seen it yet to say but that could almost be like Star Wars 3.0 in my brain, and I'll yeah. like I'll separate oh, yeah. it like out. The next wall, yeah. That it jumps over. And I'm just I'm just happy that it's like it's still going and it's still fun. And I I still to this day like I watch the Rise of Skywalker and I tear up in a certain moments because I think it's brilliant and I I, I do enjoy it. But like mm-hmm. it's its own thing in my head. Um, yeah. So it can't ruin what's come before it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying, and it, it'll be. I hope that that happens. Like, I, I just, honestly, it's kind of like the, the Marvel thing we were talking about. I just don't want the fatigue. And yeah. this will, I don't want to be like exhausted of this like one storyline. Um, I want it, I just want it to be about uh, Ray. I don't want it to be like, oh, but how does Luke tie into this? How does Leia tie into this? How does, mm-hmm. like, I just make it about Ray if you're going to do that. But again, I, you know, I, mean, I, I, mean, I don't have that kind of wisdom or I'm not, I still have a lot to learn, obviously, but I, I think from a, just a storytelling standpoint, you can only use nostalgia so often. Yeah, I think. absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm just happy for 
Daisy Ridley because I just hope she gets redemption for after what she had had to go through through all of that. Yeah, I never once like the only um, character that I didn't care for as much actually was was Poe Dameron. Like I didn't ever connect with or uh, sorry Poe Dameron and Finn. Like those two, I just never really got, and it always felt very forced. Mm-hmm. And like I'm, I can only actually think of like Finn's Finn's lines at the minute. There's certain lines that Finn gives off that just seems like it seems like a toy that you've hit the action button on, and they just sort yeah. of say their one liner, and then like they they in- immediately follow up with another one liner. It's just like that's all they sort of are in for. Yeah. But Daisy yeah, Ridley, even- I feel like her and the character of Ray, like I mean, I love the character so much. I named my car Ray. So I mean, if that doesn't say <laughs> what it is um but yeah i always thought she was great i loved that she was sort of this first jedi trainee force whatever you want to call her person that didn't really know anything about what she was or who she was sort of because like anakin like is brought up with tons of jedi all, all around him and he knows of jedi and he even when he first meets qui-gon he's like you're a jedi knight like he knows all about them kind of thing versus ray like truly is like what the fuck is happening to me kind of thing and i actually <laughs> quite like that it's quite refreshing um yeah so like her like training scenes with luke when he's like reach out and she literally just goes like this i think that those sort of yeah. things are great because that's exactly what would happen and i think that's a, a cool take so the yeah. fact that she's rebuilding the Jedi Order without having really any knowledge of what any of that would look like in my head should lead to a different outcome than what you're expecting it to be. And that's quite Yeah, cool. yeah, because she has that conflict in her, right? She's like, mm. what is, what do I, how do I do this? You know, yeah. one of the things that I always wished for was I wish they really elaborated on the Finn storyline of him being force sensitive and everything yeah. because it was cool that he was a stormtrooper turned like rogue yeah. turned and then potentially like like yeah. wh- okay well what does that mean like this is this we don't but have that, any characters like, like that, that that bugged me because like it was like yeah as you said like the potential was there but the whole like yeah. the way they went about it, like with like ray i never told you and then they sink through the sand and then the next yeah. he's like hey what didn't you tell me and he's like never mind and then he never yeah. gave it more than that. It's just like, oh, like what are we doing? Yeah, I just... know. It just threw it all away. There was a really good potential with that character, with uh, Rose's character, mm-hmm. with Poe's character. Like all these characters had, I feel like they all just like stopped developing at one point, mm-hmm. and and it just, I just wish it didn't. And I I get it because obviously it is Ray's story, but like as much as she's developing, she's with her team. She they all should have been yeah figuring things out you know but regardless i think that that'll be it'll be really cool to see that conflict like how do you raise jedi in a world where jedi couldn't have been able to exist for years and years yeah is i just i just i have to assume that it's going to lead to a different outcome like there's no way that she's going to be rebuilding the jedi order to what you think it is from like phantom menace onwards so i'm hoping it will lead to something a little different um but yeah, that's that's the three movies. And then we have two trailers that drop, sort of extended trailers. I haven't really watched them because, again, I sort of avoid trailers. But I know that an Andor Season 2 trailer dropped and the Ahsoka trailer oh. dropped. And I've 
can read and I've heard that the Ahsoka trailer does reveal that Thrawn is going to be in the show, which we always knew anyway, and I've been talking about that forever. But um, yeah. yeah, I guess now people know who he's cast as and that he's definitely in it. Um, so first things first, we'll just wrap up the Ahsoka stuff. I've I've already told you like how I'm sort of I'm concerned for this show. Story wise, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. I just really I wanted it to be animated. I didn't want it to be live action. Um, yeah. But we're going to be seeing it in live action, and I I can't do anything about that. But it's just it's just the fact that it's essentially Rebels continued. Like the, the animated yes. show where Rebels drops off is where this show is going to be taking off and running th- with, and it makes me totally. upset that it won't be in the animation art style of rebels because it's so good <laughs> i know I, I i i wish it was too although i can say that i'm i'm grateful that they brought the voice actor for thrawn to be the main like yeah. to be the actor yeah. for because he's i mean he's a great actor in general mm-hmm. um that that excited me I, I was glad they didn't just recast him um but like you said and i also wish it was in the animated version and i wish we could see it but we'll see again like yeah so his, his name is lars M- <laughs> lars mickelson mickelson yes yeah yeah it's mads mickelson's brother oh there you go but um yeah he's officially going to be uh yeah voicing and now acting which is cool because they did that with bo-katan as well in the mandalorian like bo-katan's yeah. voice actor is actually now the actor and i think that i I wonder who did um I feel like Ezra Bridger from Rebels like the voiceover actor could actually be the actor too like Although I I don't think he was cast. I, I know I don't think he was else. cast. I just thought that like they were another one that sort of looked like the character so they could have mm. sort of thing. But I don't think they did. Um anyway, um yeah, the Ahsoka show I'm going into it with, like, ever since the Book of Boba Fett, I have to go into new shows with very low expectations because I mm-hmm. was I was swept up fast and furious by the hype train that was the Book of Boba Fett and the potential of what that could have been. And then the... Uh, I've, I set myself up for failure. Like, there was no way it could deliver on what I was hoping it was going to be. So I'm, I'm really yeah. just trying to, like, dumb down... Not my excitement, but my expectation for what this show is and not guess where I think the storyline is going to go. I just know that it has to be heading towards sort of like resolving the the end of Rebels and sort of, yeah. and, and that's it. And I'm not yeah. like spending much more time looking at it other than that. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see. I just, I hope it does it justice. Yeah, me too. All right, uh, the next one is, uh, as I said, there's an Andor season two. What was your... Did you watch Andor Season 1? I did, and I think it's my favorite one of all the Star Wars shows. Really? Very interesting. I loved it so much. Like, I really, really loved it. I I think it was... The reason why I loved it so much was because uh, the show was just really grounded in a real... Like, in a story that had really intense human stakes yeah. at this point. It wasn't about it wasn't about like um a certain okay like not to like downplay the Mandalorian, but it wasn't about like the creed of the Mandalores or like you yeah. know, like it wasn't about anything 
quote unquote mythical almost it was just like these people need to survive and how like what's gonna what is this gonna lead to yeah if if sci-fi was an ocean this is like you like just dipping the toe like a tiny little yeah. like you know sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah. and i just love like the comment like the like the political commentary was interesting because it was it was relatable right mm-hmm. like you can see yep. relations of it here it was it was just a very grounded show and it was a show that like had me on the edge because i was worried for every character all the time yep yeah it was i I think for ages i described if someone had never seen star wars before and wanted to get into star wars i've said so many times i think the best movie to invite someone from non-star wars and non-sci-fi background into star wars is rogue one i think that that is like a great movie that again sort of it definitely dips more than the than andor but like it's enough sci-fi without being like full-on craziness aliens and you know all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff mm-hmm. um and that's why i think rogue one does well as it sort of brings in the masses and then i think that andor is a further step away from sci-fi into like that thriller sort of more adult audience sort of show um yeah and it was written really well i did have the my my i did have issues with it Mm -hmm. um i am like a huge star wars fan and i love the sci-fi aspect of it i love the aliens i love the the color the look the costumes the all of it um so that yeah that hurt a little bit but didn't sorry no hurts Mm -hmm. the hits the hurts the wrong one it was just like it was just different and once i accepted it was different it was great the only thing was that like i felt like certain parts of the show were very slow and dragged out mm-hmm. like the there's one character in the whole show that i can't stand and i don't know why he was in it at all but the officer dude that sort of gets let go and then we watch him eat cereal 57,000 times and mm-hmm. like he sits talking to his mom and eating cereal and none of that led really anywhere other than at the end he sort of swoops in to kind of save the day on that on the the uh the the general uh whatever his name was but like i just don't there were so many scenes of him eating cereal and i just didn't i didn't see why we had to keep seeing it yeah i think he his storyline stressed me out the most i th- I wish it connected better. Yeah. Um, it definitely like lost traction at one point. That was probably a weaker portion. I think that, I don't know. I mean, maybe they were trying to just show a poor, a part of like, yeah, I think the, he, the Star Wars world. I think he was, was like, just the fall oh. guy because everything yeah. else was so gripping and so mm-hmm. tight and like on edge that like yeah. any scene that it cut away to because even the mon mothma stuff not all of it but certain mon mothma scenes i was like oh like i want to get back to the other action like because once once the conversation started i knew it wasn't going to reveal any more information it was just sort of them being nervous about the yeah, current yeah, yeah. situation i was like oh i want to get back to the other stuff so it was just is mm-hmm. he probably just is the full guy and as much as like he's the the breather between intense scenes but it, yeah. it was it just like it seemed to always be him and i was like oh i hate this guy <laughs> like yeah i know and i think the other thing i really appreciate about the andor show was just how um I, I i could be wrong but i don't think it depended on that wall technology 
as much as like yeah. the Mandalorian and other shows did. And yeah. I love that we were finally in spaces and locations. And like obviously like the stuff for the heist portion was I looked like Scotland or something or something yeah. like that, right? Um so I loved I loved that. Yeah. So Yeah. I have you uh, just on that quickly, have you do you find yourself noticing the the dome, the whatever they call it sort of thing? Yeah, and it bothers me okay. a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I think when it first came out, everyone was like, oh, this is going to replace green screens, blue screens, X, Y, and Z. But in my mind, I was like, well, this is just another tool to add to our arsenal of yeah. tools as filmmakers. And I think and my worry kind of became true was that it started to be used for everything. Yeah. And then it started to detract from the story, which mm-hmm. is why when I was watching Andor, like it felt like such a big breath of fresh air because there was a mix of it, right? And I mean, the Batman uses the wall too because yeah. Greg Frazier, the cinematographer, was the one who who had kind of not invented it, but like been the forefront runner of it. Um, but it accented what was happening in the story. It wasn't like the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because for some reason, I know it's there and I've always known it's there. And I'm very interested in, from a product point of view, like the technology behind it. Like I like mm-hmm, knowing mm-hmm. how it works. But with The Mandalorian, season one and season two, didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. Season three, I noticed it. And the reason is, is because a lot of the scenes have all these extra characters who are clearly like in the wall. So, like, there's scenes uh, where, like, all the Mandalorians are training together, and there's clearly, yeah. like, just fake computer people, like, in the background like, sort of moseying back, around. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, I'm actually, I only really notice it when there's, like, people on it. Um, yeah. But other than that, like, I, I generally, I don't really even see it. Like, if I, if I really want to, I can look at it, but it doesn't, like, actually distract me from it unless it's real people on the, well, f- real fake people. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it was for me. It was the book of Boba Fett. I could, I saw it. It was so clear to me, mm-hmm. and then it took me away immediately. I was like, I, I couldn't watch. Like, I, I mean, I didn't love the show regardless, but yeah. uh, from the story perspective, but it that pulled me out so quick. Yeah, and it, I, I think it's a tool that should accent the story, like I was saying, not, um, not the other way around. Yeah, if that makes if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I get what you mean. Um, okay, so the next one we've got here is exciting for both of us because we're big fans. We have a Bad Batch Season 3 confirmed yes. and even a teaser trailer, apparently. Oh. Which I can't I believe because it's, it's only just, like, ended Season 2. So, And we both haven't uh-huh. even finished it yet, so there you go. And the, I think it's the final season of the show. Oh, yeah, it's going to be wrapping it up Season 3. That's good. Yeah, I like season. a trilogy series. Yeah. Or seasons. Um. So yeah, we have that, and then we also have, to my great excitement, Tales of the Jedi Season 2. They're doing more. Um, yes. For those who haven't seen, watch, if you're a Star Wars fan, watch Tales of the Jedi, because like it is just, they're they're tiny. And we said this at the start of this episode recording, but like they're not very big at all, but they are like so perfect. Like Everything in it is just so mm-hmm. good. Like I fell in love with star wars visions just for like different styles again freshness to star wars bringing different like anime animation like storylines like all this sort of stuff none of it's canon 
It's all like mm-hmm. just fan stories, essentially. But just mm-hmm. giving Star Wars a bit of breath of fresh air. Tales of the Jedi is canon, but it feels also like Star Wars Visions. And as much as like to the point story with a clear emotional like writing in it. It's not just like every single second of it because it is so short is so purposely placed. It just Mm -hmm. hits so well. And yeah, the the Count Dooku sort of series is like I think two or three episodes in a row and it leads to a point of like you kicking and screaming because like something happened. I I really don't want to spoil it. I want people to watch it. But like something almost doesn't go the bad guy's way and you're like oh my god and then it does and you're like no <laughs> like yeah. it's so painful and it's so simple. yeah and it's, it's so just simple. and it's like a 13 minute episode to get like all yeah. this range of emotion out yeah. love it just, i love the tale of the jedi one so good yeah um and that's it that's everything on the the, the star wars front that like i can see that i think there's one like little video game thing but i'm not bothered about talking about that so there was, um, I don't know if you saw Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte. Oh, stuff. yes, yes, sorry, yes, those two as well. That I'm, I'm I, I don't know anything about the Skeleton Crew part other than I know Jude Law is in Jude it. Jude Law is in it, yeah. The Acolyte intrigues me. The Acolyte intrigues me a lot. So I didn't bring it up because we have spoken about it on a different episode, um, oh, from okay, when it fair. got announced like way back. Um, and it's still just sort of a continuation of the same information, but yeah, for those who don't know, the Acolyte is a Sith focused show but sith from way back when it's not like gonna be anything like sort of you know uh vader wise um there's possibly a chance they're gonna try and link palpatine or um plagueis into it and sort of run that into it i think but i can't quite remember how far back it is but as far as i'm aware it's quite far back so i don't think it's actually gonna really link to much but i love the sith very interesting I think the only problem with a bad guy show is you end up bad guy becomes good guy in your head. So then when it's just sort Mm. of like, there's no, it's always like a weird sort of like conflict thing. Like it's not like, I don't know how to word this better, but it's just like, yeah, because you're watching and the main character is a bad, bad sort of, you know, it's bad it then yeah. sort of the stakes are always a bit weird yeah no i hear that i hear that i didn't even think about that actually that's a very good point and it's yeah you, you you'll forget the bigger picture of like oh these guys actually like are fascists and want to kill everybody yeah. that exists so. yeah yeah and it's it's we'll it's that whole thing of just like it, it's gonna probably mess with your head a bit i like it from the sense of like finding more out but often mm-hmm. the reason a bad guy is a bad guy is because you don't know as much about them or what they're capable of or what what they'll go to until they do it kind of thing yeah on the flip side that could be it could be also really interesting to see a more of a nuance not just that bad guy good guy thing more but more of like a this is a person who has done bad things but morally has different moral you know that whole thing so it could be really interesting too yeah, I mean, we did get that with... I can't believe we've been talking about Star Wars for as long as we have, and we haven't once mentioned the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that was the thing. That's the, Obi-Wan TV show is Moon Knight. 
it just like <laughs> yeah. you just forget about it. like it was so good when i was watching it and i was all in on it and then i forget mm-hmm. about it all the time anyway um yeah there was like the obi-wan tv show was sort of one of the first ones that dove into sort of a sith-ish character like and you got a feel for them a little bit more and uh, and whatnot um so the accolade i'm definitely excited for one thing i will say uh, i'm not gonna bring it up now because i just can't be bothered but like the casting for the accolade looks incredible in as much as like not 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 star studded but like a good range of people that i'm like oh yeah oh i want to yeah like i just people Mm -hmm. that make me like very interested a great point that's yeah. a great point i i think manny Jacinto is in it and i've only ever seen him in actually in uh the good place mm-hmm. and most recently top gun but he didn't really get that many yeah speaking po- parts but regardless i love that guy yeah and i love him as an actor i'm very excited to see him in that yeah one. the casting the second it came out i was looking through them all and then like some of them i didn't recognize but then i looked what they've been in and i was like oh yeah and then i was like holy crap like i'm up for that it just seems like fresh young blood to like to something Mm -hmm. and it seems like they're gonna bring like serious acting to this rather than just like i don't know like harrison ford being harrison ford like you know like it seems Mm -hmm. like we're gonna get some actual characters which is cool so i like that very cool Um, yeah and then yeah i could see if there is this movie that is gonna be set year thousands of years ago or whatever i can see the accolade sort of maybe starting to link there and playing around sort of in the past um that could definitely be a thing. Yeah, I'd be I up for that. Think about that. That's actually a good point. I mean, my hope is so. There's an episode. I don't know how well you know Rebels or not, but there's an episode in yeah, yeah. in Rebels, Rebels where they go to the um, I think it's called Malachor, and it's the Sith planet, and there's that pyramid, um, and like Darth Maul. Sorry, Maul is like hiding in the shadows, and him and Ezra yes. open up a, a Sith holocron, and then vader and ahsoka finally meet for the first yes. time yes yes, yes anyway yes, yes. that whole episode start it's a two-part episode it's the season two finale i want to say um mm-hmm. that whole episode starts up by them arriving on malachor and there's all these like dead jedi and ancient sith lying around yeah. in their armor and yeah. stuff and their old cross guard lightsabers i think that the accolade is basically going to be those people kind of thing oh um, interesting so sort of like in my head it's almost like a knight's templar sort of star wars wow. world so it's almost like yeah. medieval um and i think that, that alone could be really interesting that's fascinating actually because we haven't seen that mm-hmm. storyline at all i think also it wow. just ties into the fact i mean one of the huge influences of star wars obviously is westerns but it's also like Sar- samurai and that sort of culture Yes, so I yes, feel yes. like the further back you go, the more samurai sort of link you can get and that yeah. more medieval sort of like way of just living and fighting and whatnot is. There should be less yeah. droids and that sort of stuff. Oh, um, a lot of Kurosawa influence. I know George Lucas, like yeah. I love the Pierre Kurosawa's movies. And yeah. The, and that, so that's cool. Yeah, that I didn't even know any of that. So that's thank you for telling me that because that's yeah. really interesting. And I've always wanted to see that part of Star Wars. Yeah, there's, that's kind there's of always been alluded to. The best, the best thing that's ever come from sort of that influence is the um, season two episode of the Mandalorian where they introduce Ahsoka. 
because you have Ahsoka mm-hmm. fighting the lady who's got the uh, Beskar spear, and they're in sort mm-hmm. of that koi pond setting. It's very clearly like that influence. And then out on the street, just behind them, is the Mandalorian and the other guy, like in a standoff shoot off. And it's yeah. perfect, like the two things that inspired Star Wars so much being like the Western and then this sort of like samurai sort of culture thing. Um, yeah. And yeah, for me, like I'm hoping the accolade it just gets rid of the Western part of it and just focuses in on that. And that is, I'm all for that a thousand times over. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think that that's where that ancient Jedi world lives, like the Knights Templar and everything. I feel like it has to. So cool. Yeah, I I hope it does. Um, And even getting more into sort of like, I'm not just talking about like the violence of it. I'm also talking about sort of like the way of life, the meditative sort of state, really sort of mm-hmm. being one with things, sort of the environment sort of rather than being in like a Jedi temple that is this huge building on Coruscant. I'm talking about like a Jedi temple that's like a hut surrounded by trees and like in nature. Yes. So if something else yeah. that Rebels does well, this Jedi temple that pops up out of the ground and sort of that very earthy, natural sort of thing. Um, as opposed mm-hmm. to the chorus on e sort of Blade Runner sort of visual, I want like nature and sort of cool scenery yeah, and stuff. The, the groundedness, the earth, the, yeah. the environment being so yeah, grounded. That's what yeah, I want. Yeah. That's what I think going old school sh- should hopefully bring more of. Oh, this gets me so excited for all this coming up now. <laughs> that's good. It's good because I mean we have to sort of we have to wrap up where we're at, but. I'm happy to like end it there because that's ending on a pretty good positive. So, mm-hmm. um, future Star Wars is looking good. Again, as long as they keep it varied and keep us sort of like uh, happy that way, then we don't have to feel like we're gonna get Marvel fatigue from it. So, that's what I hope it has so. To be. I'm, I don't want to be fatigued anymore. I just want fresh and new stories. Yeah, happy days. All right. Well, Mahmood, thank you so, so much for, for coming on the show today and sharing your oh, thoughts and opinions you. and all of this. It's been fun. Um, it's been great. I love, I love doing that. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, well, definitely have you on whenever you're around. Just message me on because like, I like <laughs> having different guests on to talk about different things because everyone's got different opinions and it's always fun to hear it. Bless you, Coda. Sorry if people heard Coda sneeze. That was a loud sneeze. <laughs> she's gonna be next week's guest so she's just getting impatient um right i'm gonna have to do our little outro here so i'm gonna hit the little music button and as always everybody you can follow us on instagram at pineapple theory underscore podcast uh where i'm trying to post as much as i can but you know how it is the season finale review of mandalorian will be coming on monday i've been one of your host reese my co-host for the day mahmood you stay classy san diego we'll see you later goodbye everyone